The Cranks scandalize everyone when they declare that they won't be celebrating Christmas. But when their daughter decides to visit home, they get on a mad rush to organize a spanking Christmas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bottom of the bin. That's okay. We aren't professionals. We can do what we want. And we'll keep saying that until, if this ever becomes professional, then, yeah. then we actually do need to have a schedule and all that stuff. But uh, not right now. No, thank you. <laughs> I feel like if it's going to become professional, it needs to have a consistent schedule. Oh, it definitely. Well, which is which is going to start first? <laughs> no, like if. Do we become professional well, first and then get a schedule, or do we have a schedule? That's never going to happen if it doesn't have a schedule. <laughs> they true. say like that's the number one thing to growing an audience is consistency. It doesn't matter if it's frequent as, as much as it's consistent. Absolutely. So one a year on the exact same date is better than a couple every once in a while. I suppose so. I suppose so. Yeah, well... Screw it. <laughs> yeah, we do exactly. what we want for now. That's uh, that's the that's the beauty of of um, makeshift productions like this. I suppose that'd be a good name for our non-existent studio, makeshift productions. Makeshift productions. Yeah, and and until it's probably already a thing. It's probably already a thing. Someone's but you know what? There's our, everything is already a thing. So who cares anymore, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. So uh, Ben. Uh, happy holidays, Merry Merry Christmas. Um, thank you. Same to you. We're recording this on December thirteenth. Uh, um, and I'm already yes. dating the podcast because who knows when when we'll actually release this. Um, <laughs> and also, we should say this is December thirteenth of 2020. December- so if you you might be hearing this in like December of 2022, you might be hearing this in uh, July of uh, 2022. You know, like listening to Christmas episodes in in July. That's your prerogative. That's fine. You know what? I do think, like, as we're looking at when things might be sort of starting to come back to some semblance uh-huh. of normal, and we're kind of saying maybe it'll be like spring summer. So if things are somewhat back to normal in the summer. Mm-hmm. I would say there should be like this massive Christmas in July <laughs> for this year that never got a Christmas. Well, you know, I think honestly, I think people just need to suck it up and just like just do their their Zoom Christmases. I don't know because I'm an introvert, so I don't get I don't get the need to go out for parties and all that stuff. And and I care about my family, so I think this is a really uplifting Christmas special of the podcast. <laughs> Like everything you see in in Christmas movies about like togetherness and and uh, and just the joy of families all gathering together, is is no longer <laughs> like Home Alone. That's a disease vector. That whole family. That that is. There is no way their bubble can be that big. You know, um, but you know there's still charm to it. And um, we decided uh, as is as typical for our show. You know, watching just the bomb of the barrel stuff. Um, so we found this one that, uh, it's, as far as its reception goes, it's very interesting because, um, whenever I bring this up with people, you know, the Christmas of the cranks, I, you're, you're talking about this movie as if it's like this small little film that no one knows about. (laughs) Well, the the thing is that it, it, 
it should be one of the, it's like a, a film that just kind of fades into obscurity because like it right. got a horrible reception um five percent Rotten tomatoes and it uh barely like it just um they had like a 60 million dollar budget made like 90 million or something which is not breaking even um mm-hmm. but i think as far as like when we when we talk about christmas movies and and what people watch i think it's a mix of nostalgia and also just replay like it's it's not even just like oh i remember watching this as a kid it's more like i remember this because we watch it every year and mm-hmm. and yeah so it's it's this is this very specific genre that um especially in the era of of um cable tv is is a very luc- lucrative thing for um producers to do because you know if you get that one really good Christmas movie, then it's going to be replayed every holiday season. Right? Yes. Um, uh, and so now we're talking about uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Uh, and you've never seen this until, until we decide we'll review it. Until literally I just finished watching it about a half hour ago. I finished. I, <laughs> I had it kind of in the background as I was setting up stuff because I've seen it like um, I've seen it numerous times and yeah but yeah ouch that <laughs> that hurts thinking about spending multiple times watching this movie oh i've ar- we already know your your thoughts on this movie um i feel like that maybe is a little bit misleading it's a little hyperbolic but um i just think that the way that makes one assume that statement will probably set up an assumption of what my opinion is mm-hmm. but I, that's not entirely Right. Accurate. That assumption that one would likely have after hearing that. Now that does mm. that doesn't mean I don't mean what I said, that the <laughs> thought of watching this movie more than once is like painful to think about. Um but yeah. <laughs> well, well we'll get into it. I'm gonna save my opinions yeah. for uh the very end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. This I'm familiar enough with this movie. Um uh but rewatching it, um I was paying attention more to things that I probably wasn't thinking too much about because the, like, when I f- saw it the first time, I was way younger and, you know, just it's just something you enjoy with your family. And it is, you know, like, yeah. So so re- revisiting it, I was paying attention mainly to the tone of it. And I think that's the, that's okay. the big key word with this movie is tone. Um, uh now you and I were familiar with how movies work. At least we think um, we are. So is everyone else on the internet thinks they're an expert on movies. Every white guy with uh, with uh, expendable income thinks uh, yeah. they with disposable income thinks they have the wherewithal to make a podcast, and that includes us <laughs> about movies. Yeah, and yeah. um, and there's also that phenomenon where it's like the less you know about something, the more you think you're an expert on it. Right, yeah. Um, but one thing I do know about movies is that the first um, like twenty pages uh, of a, or no, the first ten minutes of a screenplay, um, that is your time to set the tone for the film. Um, and Christmas with the Cranks, um, you think based on how um, 
low energy and kind of depressing the first uh, few minutes of this movie are. And that it's not really selling the tone of this very wacky, ridiculous Christmas movie. Um, mm-hmm. But because of just there's 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 this tonal whiplash that the movie has um, where where like the whole I mean, so the premise of this movie is the this married couple, Luther and Nora Crank, played by Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to skip Christmas in order to save the money and go on a cruise. Yes, um, because their daughter has gone away. She's gone into the Peace Corps. Um, and yeah, they're like, well, let's Peru. take this chance to go on a cruise and skip Christmas. Right. And for some very convenient reason, going on a cruise is actually cheaper than just staying at home and having Christmas at home. For some reason, they would spend like upwards of $6,000 on a Christmas, whereas the cruise only going to cost $3,000. <laughs> Which, um, first of all, I think both of those numbers are unrealistic. A cruise yeah. is probably going to cost, although this is, when is this? This is this I have to go 2004. Back and, um, right, this, so maybe in 2004 when, dollars, not so much, but $6,000 on Christmas. On it's also like that scene in Home Alone 2 when Donald Trump walks in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Lost in New York. And Minnesota and Nevada. <laughs> I like the. Have you heard the John Mulaney bit where he's like, "You can't get lost in New York. The streets are numbered." You see this shit? You've seen this Home Alone two lost in New York shit? Oh man, that's great. Um, we could just talk about that, but that's basically <laughs> the exact same movie as the first one, except in New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a line. Um, Marv has a line in the first one where he's like, "Kids are scared of the dark," and in the se- sequel, he says, "Kids are scared of the park." <laughs> it is, but you it know is... what? It's 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 a foolproof process of hey, we had this movie, it did great, it worked perfectly. Let's just do the exact same thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, you can't say that about Crushers with the Cranks. It is definitely its own mm-hmm. thing. Um, for better and for um, worse. <laughs> I don't know. This movie feels exactly like the studio executives are like, well, we better put out a family Christmas movie this year because mm. that's the thing we're supposed to do. Let's just do all of the Christmas movie things, you know. Yeah. Well, family this, comedy, it, Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis. Let's have them mm. make some weird decision. The community's judging them. But then the community yep. comes together at the end. And yep. there's this nice act of kindness with these, these other characters that the whole reason they're in the movie is so that they can have this moment at the end where he gives mm. the cruise to them and mm. that, that you could yep. otherwise completely yep. cut them from the movie and everything works. That's the only reason they're there is for that. Well, no, you need that because otherwise Tim Allen, he can't have his arc because he's he's in the in the movie, 75% right. of the movie, he's an asshole. He's a big, yes. he's a grump, he's a Grinch. And... um like like and Christmas movie trope. It's a Christmas movie trope, absolutely. Um and it's almost ridiculous just how in his in everybody's face he is with this whole like I'm skipping Christmas. Don't give me presents. I'm not giving you presents. Like when the kids uh like the boy scouts they want to sell them a Christmas tree, he's like he doesn't say, "Oh, no, sorry, we're not we're not doing Christmas this year. No, thank you." He's like, "We're not celebrating Christmas this year. We don't need a tree." Like right in front of these like mm-hmm. eight, 10 year old kids. It's, it's like everything is both him and um, Nora Crank, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. They, they take every wrong 
um, oppor- they take they make all the wrong choices as far yeah. as addressing this. And I get it, you know, it's a movie. Um, and, and like, not to say movies have to be realistic all the time, like Home Alone, the whole setup of him, like, getting, um, uh, of his parents uh, forgetting him at home, like, that whole mm-hmm. is so unrealistic. But that's a situation. It's not characters. Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I'm not, uh, like, judging the character of the weather and all the cir- circumstances that lead to him um, staying at home. Uh, but when it's characters, it's like, what the hell are you doing, you know? But also, in what I will say about Home Alone, because this, this is something people, people talk about a lot of the apparent plot holes in that. And a lot of them are actually the movie goes out of its way to explain just because it's something that you watch every year and you think you're so familiar with it. You just don't really watch it. You kind of have it on in the background. You don't notice the movie actually goes out of its way to explain, for example, why he never calls the police. They're like, everyone's like, why doesn't he just call the police if he knows what time they're coming to his house? It's because he thinks he's wanted by the police for stealing a toothbrush. He thinks he's a fugitive. <laughs> so the whole setup is about luring those guys to the neighbor's house where mm. he calls the police to. That's the whole thing. That's what the whole operation is about. There, yeah. And, you know, it's not it's not unfair of us to bring up Home Alone so much, as much as we are because, you know, as when we think of, like, the essential Christmas movie – uh, I feel like that sets a good standard. I think it's like my favorite of all Christmas movies. Um, I think and- so. It's it's fascinating how much um, like they set up in the first mm. five minutes of that. Like they introduce you to oh, yeah, yeah. like a dozen characters, get you to know all of their personalities. They set up the whole dynamic and they get and they like introduce them in a way that they're about to do something awful that they know is mm-hmm. unrealistic, yeah. but you still don't think Catherine O'Hara is a bad mom for doing it. Yeah. Yeah, not until the second one, where she right. does the exact same thing. <laughs> um, the and also there's the connection uh, between these two movies. Um, both were done uh, for uh, fourteen ninety two productions or ninety fourteen ninety two pictures, which is Chris Columbus's company. He seems to be one for the Christmas movies because he's done both Home Alone movies. He's done this, and he's done those two. Um, uh, Christmas Chronicles movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, like he worked with John Hughes a lot, who was also a oh, okay. fan of Christmas movies or at least mm-hmm. holiday movies. Cause I think he did, um, planes, trains and automobiles even, oh, which is a Thanksgiving okay. movie, which is in America. It's basically part of the holiday season. Cause it's in late November. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest issue with this movie with Christmas is, with the with Christmas with the Cranks, yes. We're going back to the movie that we're actually supposed to be talking about. That's right. That's right. Is so one of the so okay, I am not a fan of comedies that aren't funny. <laughs> no shit. That's and that's my biggest problem with this movie is that it's it's not even mildly amusing. It's oh. not even a little bit funny. There's nothing in this movie that's, and it doesn't even seem like, oh, that joke didn't work. It's mm. like, there's nothing in this movie that even seems like, oh, that was supposed to be funny. Like, you don't even think there was an attempt at, at jokes or comedy. No, it just seems like it's edited like a comedy and has mm. a comedy-ish score to it. It's like it's like if a computer tried to assemble a, a comedy just yeah. through coding. Yeah. It's it, well, exactly. It feels a lot like the 
studios like, oh, we got to put out a Christmas movie this year. I, okay, let's get Tim Allen, Jamie Lee Curtis, and let's get all the Christmas yeah, movie tropes. And it just everything. feels like this. Yeah. Meh. Well, it, ben, my response to this movie was one big giant meh. Well, you know what, Ben? I, I have to disagree because some. I mean, the uh, I was sold uh, five minutes into this movie when um, when Tim Allen he has to go get the chocolates at the chocolate shop, but it's raining and he gets really wet. I mean, that's hilarious. Just like just me telling oh, yeah. you this, this comedy joke. gold right there. I'm just, Tim Allen water. And then he has to go get more water, or he has to go back into the store, and he has to get more wet. Well, he has to he has to get very wet in order to sell the idea of of wanting to skip Christmas. Because if you're going to associate anything with Christmas, it's getting wet. So, like, and that's that's the thing. There is that we're we're talking about Home Alone and how that has all the great setups and everything. This movie is all payoff with no with not enough setup. Because right. you have uh, Tim Allen, um, he doesn't want to do Christmas um, because uh, it's expensive. Um, and again, we're talking about pre-2007 financial crisis here. So um, uh, it's kind of like, like in Home Alone with uh, like how easily they board the plane <laughs> in a pre-9-11 world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... So with this, it's I think what what might have at least as as far as like getting you to empathize with with um, Luther Crank is you need more of that of showing him being uh, just bombarded with Christmas because mm-hmm. it's it's kind of ridiculous just how intense everybody is about Christmas in this movie. It's almost like it's like a cult. Almost and like Dan Aykroyd, he's like the the leader of the neighborhood, um, and like there's when the pol- they want to get the police to bring his um, the crank's daughter home, and the police like ah we're not gonna do that. He's like should I call the chief? So it's like he has his he has the police in his pocket. <laughs> so it's yeah it's um it 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 just gets more and more ridiculous as it goes on and and i just think they needed to set this up right you can see a lot that it's trying to be a family or in a way it's trying to be like a family version of christmas vacation yeah um, yeah that's a good comparison yeah cuz it it wants that ridiculousness obsessiveness but then it's also too much grounded in reality cuz they want it to be relatable um i guess and just it it has to be more of a family film than obviously christmas vacation was which was not a family film to many parents shock after (laughs) showing it to their kids that i mean i that one still gets played um uh every few christmases my family um because it's funny because it's funny that's right that's that's the key word it's it's funny they're actual jokes there's yeah, good joke. Like comedies are supposed to be. Right, right. You know, like if a drama isn't dramatic, that's at least it could probably become like an intentional com- comedy. But a comedy that isn't funny, that is just the kiss of death. Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing with comedies is there's a lot of comedies that I enjoy that I would never say are good movies, mm-hmm. but I enjoy them because they're funny. Mm-hmm. And that's really if you're a comedy, that's what matters is are you funny? Um, because yeah. If it's not a great movie, you can still enjoy it 
because mm-hmm. it's if it makes you laugh, then that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it if it has neither, mm-hmm. then that's just a mess. And then the best comedies are both. The best comedies are when you actually have a good story that would work if this movie wasn't a comedy. That's that's the gold standard. But the pass or fail is is this funny for mm-hmm. a comedy? Yeah, yeah. We basically said like five times over. If it's not funny, it doesn't work. <laughs> Um, it's interesting that they get Tim Allen for this. Um, I should, I should, I shouldn't say interesting, uh, predictable, uh, because, yeah. because he was in the Santa Claus. They even have, uh, the, they even do the same thing where he's shouting at someone to get off the roof. Um, and, um, I'm, which happens in several other Christmas movies, but n- mainly his, Are you? Yeah. and then, um, they, I'm I'm guessing they cast Jamie Lee Curtis because uh, she's known for her role in Halloween, so they wanted to get the horror crowd because uh, this, for a moment, for for a bit, becomes a bit of a horror film. Yeah, I was thinking because there is all those videos where like Elf gets a lot of this, where they recut it as a horror film. There's <laughs> there's a couple on YouTube. There's one that I've seen that's actually very very well done because they don't actually do what a lot of those things do, where they do those recut trailers. And they take things out of context. Mm-hmm. Whereas in with the one with Elf, they don't take anything out of context at all. It's just like a different way of presenting, like everything that happens in that movie is done like exactly in the context that scene in the recut trailer implies. Mm. Um, they just recut the trailer to make it look like a horror film. <laughs> and I think you wouldn't even have to edit this movie differently to make it a horror movie. You would just have to score it differently, <laughs> and you could make this a horror movie. And- it just feels ridiculous that they. Um, it feels ridiculous that they would make such a big deal of skipping Christmas, and also when you really think about it, they're going on a cruise on Christmas Day. Isn't that? Mm-hmm. I mean, why even set it up as skipping Christmas? Why don't you just say we're saving money on Christmas this year? We're just going on a cruise. S- so that the movie can happen. So that the movie can happen. That's right. That's right. This. Yeah. Everything is is for the sake of instilling as much conflict as possible. Um, yeah, but but that's the thing is that so many of the things that they're refusing to do wouldn't have cost any money. Like the big thing is this frosty, this snowman that they always put on their roof every year. That everyone like it's a big thing in the neighborhood. Everyone's very adamant about you got to get frosty up on your roof because that's a tradition. Mm-hmm. and they're refusing to do that and it becomes this whole thing where it honestly takes up about 50% of the movie where there's this riot outside the door and free Jamie Lee frosty, Curtis is free terrified. Frosty. Yeah, free frosty. It's just so ridiculous that anybody would go to this length for Christmas. Like at the end of the movie Which I get that it's tr- it is that kind of genre of it's absurdist comedy but it also just doesn't it's parts Parts of it aren't absurd enough, mm. and then parts of it are too absurd, and it doesn't know which where to put its feet. So it's just everything. They just throw everything. Yeah. It's it's a like I think this movie, feel. like we're saying, it's this is so absurd. The movie would be better if it went all in on the absurdity. Just shoving as much as possible, um, even if it doesn't make sense. Like they went to go uh, get tans at the mall. Um, when they're going to go on a cruise and their whole justification is that they look like sp- spring chicken. They're just so pale, but 
honestly, if you are going on a cruise, going for a tan, isn't that just asking for skin cancer? Yeah, it is. But they need to have this scene where they run into the their pastor from mm-hmm. the church because it's, I think, supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. So, so it just... And that by itself isn't even that funny. It's 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 more like I'm I'd be willing. I haven't watched the trailer for this movie, but I am. That is a I'd trailer be willing thing. to bet that that is in the trailer. Yes, because yeah. it's got them in. It's got Tim Allen in a speedo, <laughs> Jamie with Lee the Curtis. spray tan, with it. and a pastor with like the priest. Yeah, whatever they call the thing that the, the priest pastor. wears. Um, yeah. Or past, yeah. Yeah. And it's uh and then you got all the people in the mall who for for some reason just decide to stand and stare at <laughs> these two <laughs> standing outside uh, at the door of a tanning parlor which is just I again, everything in this movie is designed just for maximum shenanigans. I'm not even going to say yes. conflict, shenanigans. But also I am not a priest. I don't really know any priests, but I would think that they do have clothes aside from like their <laughs> that's right thing that they he's, wear when they're working. He's walking like, if around he's going to the his... mall Christmas shopping. You'd think he just you'd think he'd have normal clothes that he wears to that. Kind well, of thing. we need to have. I him could in be his, wrong. We need to have him wearing his priest clothes, otherwise the audience is gonna be like this. Why are they calling him a priest? He's not wearing his priest clothes. So yeah. Well, it's it's well, the thing is is they could just say hey reverend whatever and most people would clue in, but the thing is it's got to have the visual for the trailer. Well, it's got to have the visual for the trailer and also people are dumb. Some people be like, "What's a reverend?" That's true. Um yeah, and and you know, we're talking about how this movie is like every Christmas movie ever. Um out of nowhere, Santa. Santa is <laughs> is real. He exists. <laughs> And there's always that nonsensical Christmas movie, and there's Christmas movies I love that do this, but it always just doesn't make sense, is when the parents don't believe in Santa Claus, but the kids do. Yeah. Not that this movie really goes too much in that territory, but I'm like, at all what do the territory. parents... Yeah, it doesn't. But in those movies, what do the parents do on Christmas morning when there's unexpectedly presents in the house? We don't talk about that. Like, Christmas yeah. magic. It's Christmas magic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they never address that in Christmas movies, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But this one is just so strange because at the very end, it's like the last the last 20 seconds of this movie, it's the genre has completely shifted from from non-fiction er, from sorry. <laughs> this is a non-fictional biography. From yeah. from This from, is a documentary, is believe a, it or not. This is a documentary on Tim Tim Allen's life. Um um uh, after Santa Claus, Christmas falls from everywhere he goes. Um, and he's just sick of it. Uh, but in the last 20 seconds, you you have this pullback on the cranks, just looking at, stand outside, looking at the party in, in their house. And then... You, Again, another Christmas movie trope. The party yeah. looking at it from outside, seeing it in the window, snow falling. It's freaking cold. Let's go inside. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, it's picturesque and all that. So they pull back. And it's because people who make movies live in L.A. and they don't know that snow is actually cold. They just think <laughs> it's beautiful and pretty. Yeah. They've only ever seen it from inside. They've never actually 
been the cool. They don't know that snow isn't actually made of soap and baby powder or whatever they use. <laughs> Wait, are you saying it actually is made of? S- no, that's what they think. That's what they the think. movies. That's what whatever they make snow soap out of. I think uh, it's like it's like soap and something else. Interesting, interesting. I think it's like soap and flour and corn syrup. So you're th- you're, you're saying that most people in LA, the, the only snow they deal with, they is think movie that snow. soap is actually just, or that snow is actually just a combination of whatever they use in movies to make snow. There you go. There you go. So anyway, the camera pulls back and you know, it's the end of the movie. And then out of nowhere, we see um, the frosty um, on the shield's roof comes to life and waves to the camera. And, and then you see Santa, who is the guy that was trying to sell Luther an umbrella. And he's like this mysterious guy that, that knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. Um, so I guess that's the movie's excuse for a setup. Like, oh, he knows who they are, but they don't know who he is. He must be Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then totally. you see him flying, even though it's probably only like 8 o'clock p.m. I guess kids are in bed by then, so that's all that matters if you're Santa. <laughs> and the movie's over, so we need a nice uh, end, end sequence, which... Which is probably the most expensive shot of the movie. Yes, and those those poor anime. I hope they were paid well because that sequence adds nothing but just a f- flashy thing for the for the movie to end on. It is just so out of nowhere. It is yeah. one of the movie's many desperate attempts to be like, oh, it's a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Please put us on uh, on your uh, on ABC's. <laughs> Uh, watch schedule. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's this. This movie's a mess. Um, it's a big hot mess. This is, yeah, yeah. It's one of few movies. Actually, no, there's been quite a few movies about this that disappointed me by not being as bad as I thought they would be. Mm. Um, also tangent. Um, I have you. Something I found out that people do that just kind of baffles me, and I'm talking specifically about people who celebrate Christmas. So if you're Jewish or whatever, you're off the hook. But people will just be watching movies that are not Christmas movies in December, and I think that's crazy. I don't understand that. You're saying um, you judge people for watching movies that aren't Christmas movies? Well, the thing is, is like there's so many Christmas movies and there's never enough time to watch all of the movies you want to watch. Right? Like every year when Christmas comes, I'm like, oh, I forgot to watch this movie this year. Well, mm. that'll have to hold off till next year. And well. then so I just have a hard time picturing like it's it'll be like today's December 13th. Am I just supposed to sit in my room and watch Blade Runner? Like, if you want. <laughs> maybe it's, it's, a, it's maybe it's just a it's a very this family's own uh, Christmas tradition. It's like, oh, maybe that was the movie they watched when their son came back from from the army. And uh, well, we just watched Blade Runner, and now it's a family tradition. It's like, whatever. I mean, uh, and, and maybe that's kind of why you got those people that are always like, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, because they're, they're sick of just the regular Christmas movies. So you want something that eh, it, it's... It's technically a Christmas movie, but it's also absolutely has nothing to do with Christmas. It was released in July. It's not a Christmas movie, but it's in, but but it takes place on Christmas. 
Sure. I, I just mean like things that are obviously not like like people will just like watch The Dark Knight on December twenty third. <laughs> I'm like, what? Wh- wh- why? Well, well. Here, here's the thing though too is that a lot of Oscar movies are released. That's uh, true. In yes. But no one sees them until after the Oscars when they, oh, when they say, oh, this one, Best Picture, I should probably see it now. Right. But, but still, like, things will be released around Christmas. Like, um, uh, what, um, The Greatest Showman. That was released on Christmas Day. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, again, I mean, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know. I I don't. I don't see a reason to judge people for it. It's just like, you know, you watch what you want to watch. But I, 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 I I'm but... always looking for a reason to judge people. <laughs> what, what's what's your verdict on it in, in, in uh, thirty seconds or less? This movie gets one big meh from me. Um, I'd say, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, every Christmas, you know, you're just trying to get everything done you know you want to watch all the good christmas movies that you watch every year that you love um you've got to get presents for your great aunt bertha you know you you just there's no time for christmas with the cranks in the season so just (laughs) just leave it it's fine tim allen will be okay okay he's got he's got three other christmas movies that he's in he'll be fine so yeah, you could maybe count Toy Story as a Christmas movie. And the very last scene is uh, yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I'd say is I would understand why people would would watch this movie as just a, a holiday tradition because you know it's been around for uh, sixteen years and what else whether christmas movies are there you've already watched elf we've already watched the grinch uh this one's on netflix why not you know it's one of those oh it's on the shelf might as well um, right and uh yeah yeah it's not the worst christmas movie but it, but you know like you said it's not bad enough it is very ridiculous though and i think that was what what i found most quote-unquote charming about anyways uh thank you all for listening um stay safe uh, this this holiday season uh we'll be back when january i think so i think our plan is january 1st happy holidays mm-hmm. um keep your distance and as always wash your hands and watch your movies <laughs> Thank you.